everyone. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to episode 23 of The Spin Chagrin. And last week's category was oh, non-rapey barbarian epics. Right. Mm. Um and you got red carded. And I got red carded, yes. So I had the first one, and I ended up having to watch this as well. So why don't you tell everybody uh, what you chose, Frank, and uh, a little bit about it. So I'd like to first say that um, I did try to watch a couple other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first movie I got eight minutes in before there was a rape scene. Mm-hmm. And the second movie I got about 14 minutes in before there was a rape scene. So kind of... Um, <clears throat> kind of killed the whole non-rapey aspect uh, of the challenge of the podcast yeah the, the rape does that yeah um but i had this movie in the back of my mind anyway because um i bought a really nice collector's edition copy of this from vinegar syndrome about uh, four or five months ago um so it's been sitting in my pile of dvds to watch and i've for some reason just never put it in um kind of cheating on my part because it's not technically barbarians in the sense that you would think um, it's more cavemen, um, but they're barbaric, right? You know, and like doing barbaric things to each other. So in my opinion, it counts. Um, and you watched it anyway. So um, so we're going to talk about a movie called Master of the World. It is from 1983. Um, it's a Italian movie <clears throat> directed by a guy who mostly did um, like softcore porn. And is, in my opinion, a direct um, low-budget response to the quest for fire, um, the popularity of, like, Clan of the Cave Bear, because they're all from around the same time, and is, in essence, the story of a bunch of really stupid cavemen who don't understand anything that's happening in the world ever, and the story of bog like a swamp who is the greatest warrior of all the cavemen and who's the one that eventually learns like basically how to refine weapons and how to effectively kill people and wants to become the master of the world basically you know Mm -hmm. back in neolithic times um so old bog uh is injured, kicked out of his tribe, and nursed back to health by um, a woman called Bog, too, or who says Bog a lot, because nobody, there's no, like, discernible language in this movie. Like, everything is done through grunts and beeps and hand motions. Chewbacca growls. Yeah, Chewbacca growls or some of that. That's mostly the bears. It is. We'll we'll, we'll get to that. Um. So Bog or, is nurse- orgasm sounds as well from the women. <clears throat> it's it's very like yeah, it, well, it is yeah. uncomfortable at times with the female characters and like the way that they grunt compared to the men. I mean, I think they're just trying their best, you know. I mean, so this is low <laughs> low budget production. Um anyway, so there's really there's these two tribes that are kind of competing against each other and one tribe is less warlike and more just kind of trying to survive and then this other tribe is really warlike and they're cannibals basically um so i want to kind of explain because it's there's not necessarily a plot to this movie beyond the fact that like 
everybody's trying to kill each other except when they're not and then sometimes alliances are formed except when they don't have alliances and in the end like bog is the best fighter and other bog like female bog has to get a viking funeral when they push her out on the water and burn her um and then bog's baby is born from third bog lady uh who's actually pretty attractive um who bog like falls in love with um and they have are you saying bog's got good taste yeah i think that bog picked the best of the cave ladies to be with you don't think so i I, it didn't cross my mind to to have to have that thought (laughs) i i I don't think i was thinking about like um bog's romantic trysts like at all like while i was watching this and like and 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 his choices and like the ranking his choice well because at first he's got lady bog who's got like fucking glitter on the bottom of her face for some reason um who's this healer and scientist basically who understands nature um much more than everybody else and she's in love with bog but bog meets this other girl who's more of like um like a like a nurturing like mother type figure and that's the one that he kind of like falls in love with and she's in love with him and they're they end up like having like weird primitive sex i guess um consensual mind you primitive sex um and that's when she gets pregnant so i want to i want to ask some questions because i think that in these questions we're going to get to the core of this story okay okay how have the neanderthals in this movie never seen a sunset or a lightning storm before because this that both of these things happen in this movie and they freak out like motherfuckers like it's never happened in the history of time and they're all in like their 20s or 30s maybe i mean they're not like children so they've definitely seen like a day end or they've seen you know a storm but they're they're all like fucked up by it. like they got to go cower in the cave and i guess maybe that's the whole like primitive man didn't necessarily understand um right uh nature or what was happening but that could be it that's a pretty rough life if like every like you know so often you know there's a storm you're like oh my god like what is happening again sure it's like my dog getting scared like every single time there's a thunderstorm or fireworks right yeah like so i doesn't understand what's going on in the world around it i can sort of buy that except these neanderthals understand weapons and they understand clothes and they understand shoelaces and they understand how to make fires and they understand like how to skin and cure hide to wear it right so they understand enough where they probably can understand like hey the water coming from the sky and the sun going down behind the mountains that shit just happens like no big deal but anyway but i mean so the other theory would be then like of like why this happens is because the 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 filmmaker is just like you know this is a sandbox to him and it's like 
can't like put himself outside of the whole thing to where it's just like oh like you know here's these characters i've created and i put them here and like now there's a thunderstorm they're going to react to the thunderstorm because there's no actually no backstory that's ever been created in this filmmaker's mind i mean that's the other right. and I'm, I'm i'm fine with that answer because that's a fine answer um i just want to make you say it so the other thing too is that they don't understand how pregnancy i mean i understand that like it wasn't until like 600 AD that like we really understood truly how like pregnancy worked, like how a man could impregnate a woman basically. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like no one understands how it, like they tie the woman to a stake and just make her like, I mean, I guess maybe like that gravity is the way to do it. Like you just catch the baby as it comes out. I don't I'm know. Pretty sure I've read about like, you know, like standing births and stuff like that before. And I just thought that was, alters. I thought that was interesting because there was yeah. like, what the fuck is this coming out right, of this right, right. <clears throat> like none of us were born or have ever had children mm. um so again hard to talk about the narrative of this movie because to your point there really isn't one necessarily i mean it's mostly just a series of vignettes of like these people coming into combat with each other and like discovering things and showing like the beginnings of language in terms of you know they when they're forming alliances with one another they'll like grab their own forearms like link their hands together over their forearms and it's like you know we join and then the other guys like we join but then those alliances are short-lived um bog learns how to make uh like a very rudimentary rock sling Mm -hmm. and then later learns how to make a bolo um with three rocks Mm -hmm. which he's not still not like super effective at using but whatever like it's okay bog um bog Bog is very well groomed for being a caveman Mm -hmm. like they definitely try to make him look a little rough just with like the dirt on the face and stuff but at the same time like he's never super dirty and he's always kind of well groomed in his like shaving and i guess that's how you identify him as the hero because he looks kind of like a person right same with same with the girl that i think is the most attractive of the cave ladies sure because she has actually like her bangs are trimmed kind of and Mm -hmm. the way that they have her face paint looks like um like rouge and eyeshadow Mm -hmm. um they all got perfect teeth there's no candy in prehistory so all they're eating is the natural things of life like you don't got to brush your teeth so much when all you're eating is like roots and grass or charred human meat right brains that gets stuck in, yeah that gets stuck in your teeth right well the cannibals are the grossest out of all of them that's the point don't be a cannibal <laughs> mm-hmm. it's um, good lesson <laughs> it's good moral so there's the things i find the most interesting about this movie and i'm not doing a good job of selling this movie one way or the other so I'm kind of hoping you're going to come in and shit on it. So there's at least that element to this because I know you want to. I think it's really cool that it's kind of like, look, it's it's so dumb. Like there's so many dumb things that happened in this movie, but they're dumb for a purpose. Like it's like they're showing the origins of like language and religion and, you know, like everybody worships this guy because he's got the bare head and he wears the bear head and then like the people are like oh my god he's got a bear head on and that's actually one of the reasons why bog like eventually or initially 
gains like any kind of rep is because he basically like sidesteps the bear and then the bear mauls the guy and the guys are like whoa if you got past the bear and we couldn't get past the bear then you got to be our boss which is i assume what is happening in that scene when they're all like genuflecting to him and giving him their spears not in like you know a dirty way but like literally they all just have a bunch of sticks that they're like banging on each other with they're all very good stick fighters which i find interesting that like they have this like basic knowledge of like armed combat with these sticks where they're just like banging on each other except right. for the one dude bowl cut bowl cut caveman who always has like the um like the saber tooth jaw hatchet that he's like beating people over the head with because he's super vicious with that saber tooth jaw hatchet whatever the fuck it is it's some kind of like meat-eating animals like jawbone that he's clonking people on the head with um i really enjoyed watching this movie despite like how silly some of it is um i thought that it was pretty well filmed considering like how low budget um i thought that there was a decent i was happy they didn't go the cannibal holocaust route with like showing animals where they where they showed stock footage of animals when they needed to show them they weren't like actually murdering like real animals on screen because i hate that shit um the only things that they you saw murder and eat were other people which is fine because that's not real um i thought for being as like ridiculous as it was in terms of there being no dialogue in this movie except for bog um that the acting was actually decent for the most part um it wasn't as like histrionic or like ooga booga caveman type shit um so i thought that was fine um again i thought that for having no dialogue like i was able to follow through and even though i don't know that i really think there's a whole lot of actual plot to this movie i still think that it's got like a decent through line where you can watch it and you come to the end and then you're you know bog's got his baby and he's gonna like continue that bog line on and you know he's the master of the world man he's not the universe though well no because bog didn't have a spaceship bog's living in the canary islands basically which is where they filmed this hmm. okay i didn't know that yeah read that far down m filmed in the spanish canary islands So I agree with you. I think it was really well filmed um, considering the budget. I think there's like stuff that that's, I think the cinematography is really good a lot of times. Um, and it, I think like the shots of nature are really nice, like as background and stuff like that. Um, I think it's really well incorporated stock footage into it i agree with you like in terms of the acting it's not like any kind of like thing that's like laughable necessarily i mean there's laughable things but i don't think it has to do with the acting so much um look i was really i gave this a a real shot like a legitimate shot this movie i really did i was actually interested in it for the first 20 minutes or so um because i think i was actually drawn in by the fact that there was no dialogue and you're just watching these people act and act out these neanderthals like and and it just kept going 
and going and going. Here's a fight. Here's an alliance, like you said. You know what? Here's another fight. <laughs> you know what? Now we're going to fight this bear. And now there's another fight. You got to fight the bear a couple times. You do have to fight it. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the muzzle bear. Um, <clears throat> no, it's a dude in a costume, I think. And one of them, one of them's a real bear. And it, it, you can see you can see a muzzle on it. It's a real bear in the far shots, and yes. when it gets close up, when they're right. like grappling with yeah, it, I think that's right. It's yeah. a dude in a bear because there's one point yeah. where the dude in the bear costume is grappling with um Bullcut Caveman, mm -hmm. and the bear costume slips down a little, and you can see a human <laughs> that's arm. That's funny. That's funny. Um, and they don't ever cut, so like basically, like the camera just moves over like two feet, mm. so that that arm is hidden behind Bullcut Caveman. Mm. Um, I found the movies becoming tedious around like the 40, 45 minute mark. And there's still an hour left to go. on it. Oh, at that point, it's, it's super long for what this movie is. Like it's super long for what this movie is. This movie like could have been done easily in 85 minutes, um, for what the story it has to tell, which like you said, isn't much, you know, but it's like, could it have, I think it could have been much more effective at a shorter runtime. Um, I don't know how effective it would be, <clears throat> but I think it could have been much more effective given a shorter runtime. I I question a, other things about the making of this movie, um, like the score, which when I say that, like the, the music in the background, I actually like that synth music that they use. I think you know what? Really I don't. Good. I don't like it for this movie. I'm always I think a fan it's weird. Of, yeah, I'm always a fan of the like um dissonant synth music in the 80s like genre films where like even if it doesn't work it still works for me. Yeah, it's, it's like the like if this it, it felt more sci-fi in some ways to me, but I could also sing it work in a like a giallo or something like that like from the 70s. Um since that's so common like i i just didn't i thought it was uh, dissonant in this like it didn't really make a lot of sense to me um although her glitter kind of fits with that synth music like um <clears throat> she is why she knows how to heal wounds by chewing right. up a poultice because right. she's from space so i don't want to make this a um <clears throat> i really don't want to make this like a like like a bigger thing than what it is like this movie like because it's um i just found it dull and tedious after a certain point even though i was very interested in it for a while and i do really respect the commitment that the filmmaker had here in making this um they had a vision and they followed that fucking vision like you know um and i and i and i'll give them that and they followed it through to to the fucking end um but I don't know, you said, like, this is about, like, you know, about X, Y, and Z, like, I, sure, I, okay, this is about, like, the founding of religion, it's about the formation of language, it's about, like, you know, what, like, the, you know, it's a, what, will to power or something like that, like, or will to strength or something is, like, you know, the nature right. of man or some shit, what, okay, uh, listen, like, listen. I, I realized at some point that it was just going to be a bunch of people like 
fighting at some point like 45 minutes in and that the, and that the narrative wasn't going to really progress that much right, because they ain't going to ever say nothing <laughs> they're right. not going to make language all of a sudden right i mean but i think you could still progress a narrative without language <clears throat> i mean people did it for for before. listen i don't know anything about the dude that directed this movie antonio alberto cavalloon cavalloon right now i don't know anything about him except i looked at his filmography and it's all fucking softcore porn yes so i'm going to tell you what happened i'm just gonna like i'm gonna i'm gonna weave like a a narrative for this man and why this movie exists okay alberto cavalloni saw quest for fire Mm -hmm. and was like you know what i've always wanted to make a real movie i could make this movie and then that's Mm -hmm. what he did right like he thought that the fucking cave because people were like i don't know i'm surprised you don't know like how like people were obsessed with this caveman shit in like the early 80s like my parents read all the clan of the cave bear books and they watched quest for fire and clan of the cave bear and there was even like a mini series i can't remember what it was called on tv that was about neanderthals and they watched that shit like people were really into this like we need to discover the history of our species around this time and this dude is just making an exploitation film with a little bit of heart you know about that that's it there's nothing to read into it it's why like that's so asinine at times the way that it goes when you're watching it and like scenes don't even seem to fit together with the way they're edited every once in a while because it's like and plus it's so hard to tell these cavemen apart like i don't want to sound racist or anything no it's absolutely every caveman like basically looks the same which is why you just got to like distill it in your head like that's bear that's bearhead cannibal caveman and that's um that's james Earl jones and conan caveman and that's bowl cut caveman Mm -hmm. and there's bog but sometimes there's another caveman that looks like bog and he dies and i thought it was bog and i was so confused and then bog came back right and i was thinking like was this a dream or because you'll never you can never tell because there's no words to go by but for what it is and probably a movie that costs like ten dollars to make i really enjoyed it i thought it looked really good i i didn't feel like i got bored like watching it i was interested the whole way through okay not interested in like the same way that i'm interested in watching a good movie but just like, like interested in the way that you when you pity a movie <laughs> like then what? no when i <laughs> this is really hard to express so some, sometimes you can watch a movie and it's not a good movie but there's things about it that are good that keep you going like from bit to bit and so in the overall sense of is it a good movie no like you know it's not but it, did i enjoy it yeah like i liked watching it i liked seeing like these people really like nobody's phoning it in here like the director the performers they just don't know what they're doing so like there's all this and we we talked about this off air the other night like i i am a very big believer in heart like i love heart in a movie you do you do and i i love when somebody when you can tell that something was an absolute labor of love and as soon as i saw this dude's filmography I was like, shit, this is like the last thing that he made and he just wanted to make something that mattered or something that wasn't just a TNA like 
Italian sex comedy or something. Like he wanted to do something, and this is what he did. It is, and 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 all the credit to him. Look, you you are you were influenced by the heart. Like you your your viewing, your 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 read, your you know, enjoyment, all that is actually influenced by the heart, I believe. Yeah. And um like and and I see that as uh you like uh giving it like a handicap. <laughs> like, you right. know, it's like right. I I will completely acknowledge the heart behind it. I give it no handicap. None. I think I'm so glad for this dude that he got to do what he wanted to do. Absolutely. And I think some of the things that he was able to accomplish here, given probably this very tiny $10 budget, is really cool. I don't think it's an enjoyable. I did not enjoy it after a while because, and here's the thing. And I, like I said, I don't want to make this about like something much, much larger. I, I lose interest in things. If I feel they have no meaning, like I can't just watch something in front of me. Like I could, if it's like enjoyable, I guess, but then it's like, so it's like we've talked about this before, like, you know, like my feelings about something like um, Inglorious Bastards, where it's like I watched it and it was something that was going on in front of me and there's things I enjoyed in it. Um, absolutely. Um, throughout. And then I got to the end of it and I was like, I don't know what I should take away from that movie. And um, I find it kind of just a thing that exists and it's kind of pointless. Um and I'll, and I'll never really think much about this movie again outside of some of the filmmaking techniques and all those kind of things. Like, I will remember a couple of the shots in this movie, maybe. Um, but I lost interest quickly when I realized that it is gratuitous in the sense that it has nothing to offer me. Hmm. I mean, that's just your bag, you know? Like, yeah. you're just not down with that stuff. I'll say and, this, okay? Yeah. I'll use myself as an analogy. Yeah. I have a lot of trouble watching amateur sports. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no interest in primary school era, like football, baseball, soccer, any of that stuff. No rooting interest for it. I'm not right. even a huge fan of collegiate sports because I feel like most of the time it's so unbalanced. That there's right. not really anything enjoyable in watching that. Like, you're not watching a real contest. I love professional sports because it's competitive. Usually it's compelling. You're seeing the best people in the world. Mm -hmm. This is how you feel about movies. Mm -hmm. Like, you have a lot of trouble finding the joy in, like, an amateur production. Because a lot of times it is, like, fractured and ridiculous and... But unprofessional. Oh, can I one second? I just want to interrupt to, to go along with this analogy here, or maybe to make a counterpoint. What's the Orion movie? The the one that we talked about in the hundredth episode of the primary podcast. Oh, um, Quad Dead Zone. Tales Quad Dead Zone. Quad Dead Zone. Right. <clears throat> that is done on like a fucking you know whatever like right thousand dollar budget or whatever like you know um over the course of years and. I think 
I wish I could remember his name. Um, that guy is getting towards things as poorly as that movie might be made at times. There's things behind the stories that he's telling that are trying to get to points, that are trying to make a statement, that are trying to say something. And you can, like, to me, I can get a sense of that. I can feel it coming through that. And, like, when Orion expected me, like, you both, I think, expected me to, like, absolutely despise that movie. Like, you know, um, when I watched it, it's like I could get a sense of him trying to get to something with those stories and trying to get to some sort of whatever, truth or feeling or something along those lines. And because of that, yes, it's terrible. Like, it's awful, like, you know, in the filmmaking pursuit. But I enjoyed that. I feel this is, like, the opposite. Like, this is actually fairly well filmed overall. Like, you know, the makeup looks good. The right. acting's not terrible. I, it's hey. the opposite, though. I feel nothing behind this movie. The man was an accomplished director. Sure. In his, in his, own, in his sure, own way. Sure, sure, Here's the thing, is that... You did, did you watch Black Devil Doll with us that one night when we watched it on YouTube? The other Chester Norville Turner movie? Yes. Yes, I was drinking though, so I I remember it, but I don't remember all of it. I'd have to watch it um, in a different context that, than what we were doing. But, I really feel like there's always exceptions to the rule for anything. Mm -hmm. Like, so sure, and that man puts so much of himself into that movie and you know, like the whole backstory behind it. Like, we don't really know anything about Master of the World. Cause... We don't. We don't. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I want you to. So, so you're what you were saying with your analogy was that, like, ultimately, like the collegiate and below level, like, of film, I'm not necessarily like interested in whatsoever. I think, so I think you have diminishing returns as you go down the ladder of competence in terms of filmmaking. Right. And yeah. I, I, I feel that's true. I feel like when I was when I was a, when I was younger, that was mostly true for me as well. Except that I grew up watching all these low budget horror movies, so there's an element of that that just appeals to me anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm automatically going to give a pass to certain things just because of like nostalgia and nostalgic affection. But I think also as I get older, like, because I've seen so many movies, I think that I just, I'm okay with, like, more things than I used to be. Like, I can watch mm -hmm. something that in the past I may not have particularly cared to see, or I may have, like, shit on. And now I can think, you know, what's what's behind what I'm watching? You know, what am I seeing that, like shows a spark of like ingenuity or because how many other fucking low budget caveman movies are there where there's no dialogue like that's so fucking risky it is to make a movie where no one speaks and you have to intuit the plot yes and look again i'm not saying they do 100 percent a great job at it because i think like and i really enjoyed this movie and was lost like yeah yeah 40% of it where I was like what the fuck is happening now like what are these Uga same, about? same same I, I I've lost 
yeah so i lost the plot a number of times because i couldn't understand who was who like but i don't know i really enjoyed it i would not recommend it to anyone yeah unless you're really into seeing like the true like outliers of low budget film like if you really then that's that's what vinegar syndrome does is it takes Mm -hmm. these movies that would otherwise never be seen again like we talked about jungle trap you know they put out a jungle trap dvd and does that movie deserve to be like watched by everyone no but i think that like i think you can take something from it and orion loves that movie you know like he's a big fan of it and i think there's just certain things that speak to people individually and it's good to like capture that stuff even if it's not for everyone even if it's not something that you would like recommend to anyone to watch and i could say that about a ton of movies sure and it's not even that i i don't feel like i wasted my time watching this movie only because i think it helps clarify my own feelings about film um which is a very self-centered and egotistical like view of it but um like but I, I do think that, like I said, I was very intrigued by this movie for the first 20 minutes. Like, I think that they, you're right, they took a risk um, with some of the things they did in this movie. And I thought for a while it worked. And I think it worked really well to suck you in. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, you know, holy shit, they're going to do this whole movie without dialogue. Like, you know, and um like I was really captivated for a while until it just became the same kind of repetitious, repetitive plot over and over again. Um, and I started to realize, like, oh, like you know, these are these are more gimmicks to some degree than it is about narrative storytelling. And it's like, even if ultimately, like the end of this, you know, with the with the Lion King ending of holding his child up is right. like amazing. Know, yeah it's it's that that made me laugh out loud yeah, um, it, I, I i was laughed like literally yeah, legitimately yeah yeah like, like, laughing, legitimately, like what the, yeah, what the right. fuck am i watching right right um and then they have them swaddled like these people right. that don't understand like right lightning have like created like swaddling for this baby to keep it warm so, so dude, they have shoelaces on their shoes. They, they do. Yeah. They yeah. have they have animal guts, I guess is what it's supposed to be, as like a lining for like a rubber sole so they don't slip on the rocks. Like it's crazy. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, so go on. But uh so ultimately, like I said, like I I just can't get down with anything that I feel ultimately doesn't have meaning to it. And if like the ultimate like narrative subtextual meaning to this is like, you know um like this is the formation of like like the violent man or this is like you know or this is the beginnings of like civilization or whatever because it's also about the worship of the caring and nurturing woman sure sure um you know, and the mystery of birth, which apparently none of them have ever seen before. Even and, and how's that played out to today? Like, it's like, so it's like, if that's the point, it's like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> like, <laughs> half, half, half a Congress doesn't understand 
birth. I mean, like, I, I'm not shocked by, like, you know, like any of this playing out in front of me or, or the lessons of any of this or anything like that. Um, so before the podcast, you asked me how my day went. Like, you know, and you asked me to get, give you the specifics of my day. <laughs> why, why did I do that? Um, to try to like, kind of like, um, show me that it wasn't as like, you, you took my equivocal, uh, uh, statement of it was a, it was a day in the life, um, as, as, as being potentially negative. So you wanted me to recount the facts of my day to show me that it was all pretty good overall. Your, your facts without context. My facts you. without context or commentary. Yes. Right. right. So I'm in Walmart at one point, right? Stan, I want this context, but go ahead. <laughs> and I'm over in like the medicine bath shit like area of Walmart. Um, this is in Elkton on Northeast. Um, so um so so I'm over that way, and you know, they have like their fucking all their end caps, and then they got their like fucking stands in the middle of like the walking the aisle where you walk, actually, like you know, the, the thoroughfare from that area. And they got their stands and all their fucking shit on there and everything, and their sunscreen on one of them. And um, there was somebody who had stopped to, to, to examine all the sunscreen, and um, this person had a cart and um the cart was askew and blocking part of the aisle and i ended up getting jammed up um uh and just having to stand there as i watched um everyone try to figure out how to move around and navigate around this big display of sunscreen and this person who can't put their cart in a position to not block other people as they examine the sunscreen. And I watch these people like fucking monkeys try to figure out how to navigate around this area. Um, dumbly navigate around this area because some people are going the wrong way. And like, you know, um, this is, and this is what we call civilization. Like this entire scene, right? It's like, somebody like you know made a deal with walmart to put the sunscreen like you know out on display like for like uh, you know how it works better than i do but i'm assuming there's like a, a slight decrease or something like in the wholesale value to display the sunscreen prominently so that this fucking idiot can like you know put their cart um you know and block half the aisle so that everybody else who doesn't know how to like actually interact with the world around them like has to like navigate around and hold me up from buying my heartburn medicine because I have so much heartburn. Right, which you desperately need. <laughs> so much heartburn. So it's so like, was, so was it, it in was it in the main the main the main aisle when you walk in? So you were in Elkton Walmart, right? Yeah. So you walk in on the on the right hand side. On the left hand side, if you're facing the store and it's to the left. Why do you go in on the left hand side? Because that's where the big jugs of water are. And you want to get the big jugs first. Oh, Always big jugs, Frank. But I mean, um, <laughs> I no the big jugs of water, the ones that we use. Yeah, like, I understand. Yeah. They're right. Well, right yeah, the they're, yeah, they're right at the entrance there. Like you know, and yeah, we want to get those first. 
So um, the majority of people are not going to enter the store on the right side. They're going to enter on the left side. The majority of people enter on the right side. Actually. That's what I mean. The right side, the right yeah, side. Yeah. Right. And you went in on the left side where uh-huh. the jugs of water are. Yeah. So what they have is in the power alleys is what they call the wider aisles mm-hmm. that like crisscross the store. Mm-hmm. You put things that people are more likely to impulse buy. Right. Right. So it's summer. You know, people are going to the beach. Sure. I get it. <laughs> Walmart. Walmart cares very. Let me ask you something. After you had this experience, did you still buy your groceries at Walmart? Of course. Of course you did. So shut the fuck up. You know, so, like, well, you, like you, you understand, like, one of my, like, few goals in life at this point, right? One of my few goals is 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 to accumulate enough salary <laughs> where I could eschew Walmart forever and never feel like I have to go to Walmart ever again. I haven't Ever. been in a Walmart in two years. Well, More yeah. than two years. Fucking, fucking, you're Mr. Moneybags. No, that's not true. <laughs> I just spend money on things that allow me to have convenience in my life. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm a pay the hundred dollars for Instacart a year, so I never have to go in a grocery store. Right. You know, I will pay the hundred and thirteen dollars a year for Amazon, so I never have to order anything. Right. And I can get it shipped to me for free. Sure. I, I, I right. So here's what I'm here. My whole point of all right, that I'm was, I'm lost. I, I just want no, to talk no, about no. It. my my whole point of all that was is like if the lesson of all this movie <laughs> is the idea that like you know like it's a harsh, cruel world that like this is civilization. Like, this is the formation of it. Like, you know, I look around, I read the news every morning, I look at the world around me, I, like, have to experience, like, you know, like, like, the stupidity, (laughs) the absolute stupidity of humans every single day. Um, What the, this movie's not telling me anything. (laughs) Like there's no point to this fucking movie to me. To me, like you first know, of all, this movie's forty years old, so cut it some slack. Maybe no. it would have told you something in 1984. <laughs> I mean, you'd have been very young, and it probably would have been shocking. But right. Um, so let me. I want to. I want to. The thing I that I quoted most in 1984 was Starman. Um, I used to apparently go around after seeing Starman and saying like every damn place you go <laughs> that's starman's a good movie um my my mom my grandmother yelled at my mom for letting me watch a movie that had the word damn in it because i would start repeating word the things that had bad words in it like at such a young age because i was with my grandfather and like somebody cut him off and my response <laughs> when they cut him off was every damn place you go pop up <laughs> He probably appreciated that. I'm there's, sure there's did. some wisdom there. Yeah, right. <laughs> so listen, I don't know what to say to you, except I will say this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this movie tries. I like the turn. <laughs> you don't know what to say to me, but you're gonna. Say I was this. really surprised that for being what in essence could have been a low budget exploitation movie. Really no nudity. 
right really not super exploitive i mean there's the cannibalism parts but even yeah, that's but like even that is like like tastefully done sure. yeah and it tastes fits in with the story I don't know what you expect to take from any movie. Like, if you're looking for everything to somehow, like, edify your life, then maybe that's why you're so fucking miserable. It's not about that. It's not about Um, that whatsoever. But I don't know. I I don't know anything. You're skewing this entire thing. (laughs) <laughs> to your side you you know that's not of course that's 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 that's, that's my trick <laughs> um that's how i win arguments i mean otherwise what do i got i want you to give your chagrin score and then i'll give my chagrin score hmm. um the seven seven yeah okay i think that i think it's pretty like standard just i didn't like this like it wasn't i i enjoyed it for a while i was non-plus by it for a while and then i was just kind of a little like perturbed for a the rest of it so i mean it wasn't like the worst thing i've ever sat through at all like i said like i there's things i do appreciate about this i just appreciate having a narrative and some meaning behind something um more but seven i think yeah i was annoyed by the end but um it's a four for me mm-hmm. um i gen generally enjoyed it um I mean, I'm not going to say it's a great movie or anything, but there was nothing about it where I was annoyed or bothered or even bored throughout the whole thing. So I think just, you know, your experience is going to vary based on like what you enjoy in watching movies. Yeah. And again, like in some ways our tastes are very similar, but in some ways they're very disparate because mm-hmm. there's plenty of things that I love that you will never enjoy and vice versa, I think too. Sure. Sure. so no yeah i mean that that comes up often enough i mean yeah um <clears throat> that's entirely true um but yeah i mean despite like you know my need for 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 all that kind of stuff there there's a lot of positive things about this movie considering the budget and you know and like you said whatever i never made a fucking movie at least the guy made a movie like i got you know and i think he followed through on a vision that he had whatever that vision was like yeah. um so and he probably went back to porn did he go back to porn after this do you know no this was his last movie i believe oh so this was oh god now i feel bad it really is like his <laughs> the crown jewel of his, his life um he directed a movie under the pseudonym baron corvo Baron called E.L. Terzo Godi. Okay. Uh, which is an hour and 15 minutes and does not have. Oh, this is some kind of porn. Oh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> this film was rejected by the Italian Board of Film Classification in 1982. It was then retitled to La Gang della Porno Mogli and circulated illegally in 1984. In adult theaters in Italy with fake credits drawn from the Italian version of some dude's erotic thriller, Blue Passion. 
Um, the on-screen credits just list uh, two actors. Um, yeah, so that was his last thing. And he actually filmed it, I think, before he filmed um, Master of the World. But he's got like... Oh, yeah, he films all the shit as Baron Corbus. A lot of the shit is Baron Corbus. So he's got um, La Gamela Erotica. So the erotic lady or whatever. Blowjob. Blue mm. movie. Maldoror. Blowjob blow, blow, blow just cuts right through everything, doesn't it? This is, right. <laughs> it's like you're not mistaken that movie, probably. A movie called Man, Woman, and Beast. Mm. Which is um, I, I an original know. episodic erotic comedy oh. that's inspired oh. by um, Marquis de Sade. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, that's the Beast, maybe. That's where you know what the Beast was on that one. He did some homosexual pornography too. Okay. Yeah, he mostly just did blue movies. It looks like, but then he had this right. And I think that maybe, you know, that, that kind of influenced them to not have to, like, work, like, in a ribald style, so to speak. So he could um, right. just tell the story. And, yeah. you know. And then he, like, people. never told another story ever again until he died. When did he die? Let me look him up. 97. Jesus. He didn't do anything else. Poor Alberto Cavalloni. Yeah, it's the old man of Caravaggio. That's what I call him in my head because I don't know how to pronounce his name. <clears throat> All right. Oh, he's got a Wikipedia page though. Does he? Okay. Mm-hmm. What's his, what? What is none of his, his none movie of his movies? Um, he was an Italian film director and screenwriter. He was born in Milan. Uh, Cavalloni's films are anti-conventional and often contain a mixture of graphic violence, surrealism, and eroticism. Uh, very few of his movies have but blowjob has a wiki page hmm. just so you know um there's not really a whole lot about him well, i guess that career section is pretty long yeah okay i'm seeing the wiki page now all right oh 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 uh, yeah fucking um what's the word i'm looking for uh when something like supports your statement, it's um satisfaction, I guess, or something. <laughs> he also directed Evidence? he also directed the nineteen eighty-four film Conqueror of the World, is the other thing is called okay. a violent barbarian film set in prehistoric times. Oh <laughs> shit. Look at you. He apparently directed a bunch of commercials. Oh, is that on Wiki? Revised, yeah, screenplays. Look at you using the user generated um wikipedia page as a source justification buddy <laughs> does does it have a little um footnote next to it no, 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 i, I just... don't i don't allow my students to use wikipedia as a source unless it has a footnote and they use the footnote link to um to a legitimate source to that's just how somebody that's just how somebody described it it's not a yeah it's just how it's described it's fine <laughs> i ain't submitting a scholastic paper here bitch i'm just <laughs> talking on this podcast <laughs> barbarian um it is barbaric i i accepted it like i wasn't 
I wasn't ever going to say anything. You're you're the one that's like had the twice now. Like I know, trying to I defend yourself. Yeah. Um. They 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 did barbaric things to one another. Um. It's fine. Um. All right. Do you have anything else you wanted to uh, mention um, this week or talk about? I feel like I've just been watching podcast movies, like really, and just other other stuff in the background. Um, I don't really have. I've been adding a bunch of stuff to different watch lists. Um, okay. I'm so. How much we want to talk about this? I'm actually starting to try to develop the first part of what's going to take the place of the spin chagrin next year huh. um okay. so i've been doing a lot of like research isn't the way to say it but i've been looking to different like four different movies and movies that i've seen in the past movies i haven't seen but i wanted to see and trying to cultivate like an interesting list out of this like you know whatever so this we'll talk about it offline, but I'm actually, right. I, I think it's going to be really cool and it'll be um, okay. more fun to listen to than me talk about how shitty everything is, <laughs> except this week. Oh, I keep always thinking of it now. And then we, we heard from Orion this week about like doing some, like some, some research in the Bicentennial Man and apparently how many people love Bicentennial Man. Yeah, man. I don't know. So look, I think that like people like people download these things i think sometimes when it's a certain title like i'm positive some some of that happened with that's my boy <laughs> and they and they and probably by centennial man now too like some of these titles they download them thinking like oh these guys these guys are going to talk about like you know this movie and then we just my favorite movie ever by centennial man right and then we just shit on it for... right they're like the, the 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 profound mystery of the robo dick <laughs> uh, let me all right listen listen uh, full full disclosure if you watch bicentennial man and you think that there's something beautiful or moving about the robo dick scene don't listen to, I, you, you can still listen to us but i don't ever want to know it like i don't ever want to hear your opinion on that shit because that's i mean i'm, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say that like I don't know. I'm not a fan of like exclusion, but at the same time, like you might just want to keep that opinion to yourself. Fucking Robo Dick is the worst. It, it, like that that whole movie is so sounds, fucking bad. I really wish. I very, really wish. Sounds very shaming. <laughs> I really wish I would have like red carded you for that movie because I knew what movie I was going to watch the second you said uh-huh. it. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, there's a couple you probably could have gotten me on. I mean, this was a good one to pull, I think. Um, like, even if it didn't end up being, like, you know, like the uh, traditional kind of barbarian epic because Dude, I they tried. all have rape. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, they're all so rapey. Like, I yeah. used to love these barbarian movies, and I realize now that I can't even watch them because yeah. it's like, yeah. and a lot of the times, like, it's so fucked up because the rape leads to, like, romance it's like i'm gonna rape you and then like two scenes later well did we did we end up doing the podcast where we talked about the first bond movie or did we gut that like i can't even remember now at this point was that the like worst blockbusters i can't remember i can't remember when when that movie which the which is the first bond movie well i don't know we talked about goldfinger and the worst blockbuster. goldfinger yes okay yeah yeah 
Goldfinger than it is, I guess. Like, that shit happens in that movie. Yeah. Where it's like basically sexually assaults her and then it's like they're into it. Oh, and it's also in um, uh, Live and Let Die, which I put on a list, but I can't remember what list it was. Mm. Tropical movies or something like that? Oh, no, that's not Live and Let Die, is it? Yeah, I thought it was. Is it? Live and Let Die is the voodoo one, right? That's the one that I like. Um, Let's see. Live and Let Die. Oh, it what is, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, it is, yeah. You put it on tropical movies, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, there's rapey shit in that. There is, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, My mom, when I talked to her tonight, she was talking about, like, um, how she wished she could have her teeth replaced. Um, Like, with all, like, the screws and stuff like that, where it's, like, getting her teeth with, like, screws, like, or whatever. So she'd be, like, Jaws? Right. Well, that was my first thought, right? I was like, what is the name of that Bond villain? Like, you know, it's like, you'll, you'll be like that. And she's like, I don't know anything about James Bond. I've only seen one James Bond movie, and it was, like, Live live and and i was like live and let die and she's like i don't know and like i looked it up and i was like was roger moore in it because i couldn't remember at that point like which which guy was yeah it's roger she, moore she's like she was like she's like yeah roger moore roger moore i've never seen any other james bond movie other than that like and i couldn't stand that one <laughs> that, that's my mom's review <laughs> live and let die. <laughs> it's her own but she's never seen another Bond movie other than that, ever. My mom's seen one James Bond movie in her entire life. How many how many Bond movies do you think your mom's seen? All of them up to the past like three or four would be my guess. Really? Everything up to Goldeneye, at least, would I would imagine. Hmm. Interesting. Does your mom like action? Like movies like that? Or is it just a thing where it's like, does your dad like those? And my my them? dad was a really big James Bond James okay. Bond fan, and I know that like they rented the majority of those movies when I was a kid because that's how I saw them. Okay, was with them, and we all watched them together. Okay. So, and I would imagine they just continued. I'm almost positive. I'll have to ask her when I see her on Thursday, but right, my guess is because I'm not going to call my mom or anything. Um, and ask a question. It's crazy. Right. Um, my guess is she's seen everything up to Goldeneye and maybe um, Tomorrow Never Dies or whatever the one after Goldeneye is. Mm. You don't think she's seen any Daniel Craig? Oh, she's probably seen Casino Royale, at least. Okay. My mother watches a lot of movies and mm-hmm. she watches a lot of classic movies like she's very she very much is like my nostalgia fixation she has the same thing sort of but it's Hmm. like for much older movies than obviously i have nostalgia for but i think she likes the james bond movies i'll have to ask her i don't know i remember watching live and let die with her huh interesting on um like network television one day when i was a little kid that's the, cool. the speedboat yeah. chase scene. I have very distinct memories of watching with my mom. Hmm. Hmm. All right, you ready to spin this wheel for then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frank, ready to be done. I'm cool. 
a movie featuring Pauly Shore. If all Pauly Shore movies have been seen, then Carrot Top. What if I've seen all of Carrot Top's movies too? I, I well, I don't know. Like that'll that'll be controversial. So here's a here's a depressing here's a depressing fact. <laughs> I recently watched a Pauly Shore movie that was really good, and he was actually really good in. Uh huh. And it was the very beginning of his career where he's not really developed the weasel character yet, but it's like almost there. Mm. So he still is like a shred of humanity to him. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. And I wish now that I had not watched it. Right. That movie. Right. What, what was this movie? Oh, man. What is it called? It's like Eric's Revenge. Huh. It's a horror movie. Hold on. I'm going to look it up because I will, we'll, we'll do a mini, mini spin chagrin right now. So it's it's Phantom of the Opera, basically, but set in a mall. Um, Phantom of the Mall, that's what it's called. Eric's Revenge. Okay. Um, on Shutter, I think it's on Tubi. Oh, it's on Arrow. I'm sorry, it's not on Shutter. It's, I think it's on Tubi. It's this dude who, um, his family lives in this house that's like in the way of the development of this like giant, you know, mega mall in this town, and it's they're the last family that lives there. And he doesn't want to leave. So the developer burns his house down and makes it look like an accident. And they think he's dead. But really, he goes and lives in the sewers and ducks under the under and in the mall. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like still like trying to be in love with his girlfriend. But he's insane. And so he's murdering people. I mean, it's it's Phantom of the Opera. Right. Um, it's not like a great movie, but it's a lot of fun. Pauly Shore is like the comic relief slash voice of reason mm-hmm. and is only slightly doing the hey buddy because he's mostly like just like a valley guy kind of thing but mm-hmm. it's not it's not a um not a mockery or like there's no hyperbole to it he's just like a person and dude it's actually it's 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 a fun movie like there's some really cool stuff in it and I really enjoyed it it's got a really funny ending in okay. like a, it's not meant to be funny kind of way okay okay <laughs> So I just quickly looked this movie up. So Rob Estes is in this movie. Yeah. Um, Rob Estes plays um, the reporter in this movie. Mm-hmm. Rob That's... Estes is also in Uninvited. Um, oh, right. Yeah. That, that, that we recently talked about in the Spin Chagrin. And you were like, I don't know who that person is when I said that like he was in Silk Stockings. And then he was also in the 90210 like revival that you claim that you never watched right see that's where you lost me because i never saw that shit <laughs> we had a conversation about that fucking show eh. that you watched some of it maybe i watched an episode <laughs> ken foree is in this movie and also morgan fairchild oh okay morgan fairchild is also amazing in this movie like she's all hilarious yeah um yeah it's just it's it's a really fun movie so while it cannot be the spin chagrin because i have to admit that i've seen it like right. definitely if you get the chance to watch phantom of the mall colon eric's revenge where did you like, find this out you, you know, know just randomly like going through arrow one oh, day okay. and it's arrow. like oh I've, okay. I've never seen this movie before i'm going to watch this okay. and then, um i remember the one vhs cover to it of him like kind of like rising up with his mask on because that's the whole thing is he's like horribly disfigured and he wears a phantom of the opera mask mm-hmm. um yeah I, I don't know i think it's on tubi too if i'm not mistaken but just okay. it's 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 worth seeing 
just so you remember, it's featuring Paulie Shore. Right, he's featured in this movie. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I understand. I'm just this. This would have been a really good example because he's in it enough where he's not the main star, but he's like definitely like the second tier. Yeah, I'm telling you this this movie, the Phantom of the Mall, mm-hmm. I guarantee is the thing that got Paulie Shore his foot in the door in Hollywood and let him develop and create that weasel character and stand up and become famous. Hmm. Because it's here that, like, you see it. But it's also here that it doesn't make you want to vomit. Well, maybe this is a better thing to talk about next week, but I'm just looking quickly. Um, Now you're making me look up this man's filmography. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, That was in 89. That movie got released. And um, he becomes a VJ in 89. So... I'd have to do some more digging at this point, but um, see, I'm I'm I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Ready? <laughs> uh huh. And Sino Man seen it, Class X seen it, Son in Law seen it, In the Army now seen it, a goofy movie of all fucking things I've seen. Although I don't know the counts as okay. featuring, yeah, because he's doing a voice, right? Jury duty seen it, mm-hmm. and Biodome seen it, yeah, right, yeah, same, same. Um. There's tons of other stuff, though. I'm looking. I, I, oh, is that a feature? Um, so when you say featuring, let's just be clear. I think, has, I, I think I think it has to be like featuring means a major character, right? Not the main character, but a character right, but that's uh, repeatedly a, yes, yeah. I would say at least a secondary character. Because I think Brendan Fraser is the primary character. And Sino Man, Paulie Shore is the secondary character, right? right? Or even Sean Astin, like, is probably, like, even, like, in there somewhere. So I would say, like, the top, like, that's a, that's a, and Sino Man is, like, three characters, right? Are, like, the primary things. Like, so that's featuring still, even though it's three of them. Um, oh, my God. I think I found it. Hmm. I didn't think it would be hard. Um, yeah. He's listed as number one in the credits. Okay. Let me see if this is streaming anywhere. In hell. All right. So next week, a movie featuring Pauly Shore. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's on fucking Tubi. There we go. There you go. You got it. <sighs> All right. How old is Paulie Shore now? 79. 54. God, that dude was young, man. Okay. I'm excited to talk about Paulie Shore next hey, week. Louise, we will uh... never talk about Paulie Shore ever again on any podcast. This is going to be the Paulie Shore podcast. This is the only thing that's fascinating. Well, not the only thing. It's one of the most fascinating things to me about the Spin Chagrin is that like it can become podcasts for specific personalities or genres or things that we'll never talk about, like on the primary podcast ever. Like Pauly Shore's movie will never make anything unless it's like, you know, whatever. Fan of them all, like in five years or something you know i mean you know what you're like you're like the person that's like slows down on the road because there's an accident you're like oh 
you know, I'm never going to see this again. No, but like, I, know, you know, I, know, I never look at accidents. I, no, no, I'm not saying that is you. I'm saying it's like you <laughs> in this instance. Because Similarly, yes. On, okay. on the other side of the road, uh-huh. someone is someone is crunched up and crippled inside that car dying. And you're like, hmm, look at the way that car bent in half. That's crazy. This is what's happening here. What? This is why I this is why I have red cards. <laughs> I feel I'm the person who's all bent up and crippled inside of that car most of the time. What? <laughs> you ain't watching none of this shit. <laughs> I'm gonna watch a motherfucking Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> featuring Polly Shore. I, look, I read a brief description of this movie. It makes I am so angry that I have to watch it. I don't I mean, there's only And movies. what would have made it worse? No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> it's going to be this. What would have made it there's worse only if I had to watch choice. a fucking Carrot Top movie? <laughs> have you seen Chairman of the Board? <clears throat> yes. Um, <clears throat> I have seen so many bad movies in my life, man. <laughs> right. When I was in high school, and like even beyond that, most of the time you had no choice because somebody was like, "Oh, I rented this movie. Let's put it in." And then what are you gonna do? Say no? Like get up and leave? You gotta watch it. Right. So there you are sitting watching fucking son-in-law with your girlfriend and her family on a Friday fucking night when you could be watching a real movie. But nope, son-in-law they rented, so son-in-law it is. Right. And they're all laughing, laughing at the wheeze. You know, they laughing at the wheeze and his fucking stoner light obnoxious shit, but you're not laughing at the wheeze. You just want to get some action and go back home and <laughs> watch something real that you rented from choices earlier. Okay, buddy. Calm down. Okay, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. All right. Next week, Polly Shore podcast. Have Thanks for listening. Yeah, Have there was week. your sneak peek. Deuces. Yeah.